Hi, listeners. Today, I'm excited to talk about my two favorite topics, manifesting and living an unapologetically authentic life. This is a heart-centered conversation with our guest speaker, Lisa Weisickel, who is also passionate about these topics. Friends, it's time. It's time to tune inward and allow the amazing power that lives inside us to come forth. This power will help us manifest and live authentically and, of course, without apologies. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. If you feel depleted and at times overwhelmed searching for more, if you want to reclaim your voice, peace, and power, this show is for you. I'm Evelyn Glick. I love fashion, interior design, and spicy foods. I'm obsessed with personal development and human behavior. Here, I'll be discussing mindset, relationships, lifestyle, and so much more. I believe to live an empowered life, we must crush those limiting beliefs holding us back from stepping into our fabulousness because playing small doesn't serve anyone. Hi, listeners. I'm super excited for today's conversation. Our very special guest is an amazing fellow coach and friend, Lisa. Lisa is the founder of Black Sheep Empowerment Society. We'll hear more about that amazing Facebook group later. Hi, Lisa. Hello there. How are you today, Evelyn? Oh, I'm excited to be here with you and really dive into this topic. So I'm thinking of discussing today living unapologetically authentic. Yes, that is one of my favorite subjects. Yes, I know it means a lot to you. Most definitely. So tell me, based on your experience, what stops Mm -hmm. women from living their authentic lives? You know, the number one thing that I think stops us from doing a lot of things, and especially living our our, our unapologetically authentic selves, is fear. You know, it's just that four-lettered word that pops up. And oftentimes we believe what our fear is telling us. It has this way of keeping us small and it only does that to try to protect us. And I believe that it's trying to protect us from things that have happened to us in the past that were painful and we don't want them to happen again. And so that fear rises up within us and it it keeps us small. There's a few things that we do with that fear try to push it away. We try to resist it. We try to drown it out with positivity. But actually, my personal belief is is that if we really listen to it, and if we really become friends with it, and thank it for its efforts in trying to keep us from those painful experiences, then we can come at that situation from a place of love instead of a place of fear. So even asking ourselves, like, what would it look like If I approach the situation from a place of love Mm -hmm. and it's amazing when we really open that part of ourselves up and we make friends with the fear, the lessons that it can teach us are just amazing. They're just unlimited. Oh, that's beautiful because a good point to bring out because most of us or a lot of us think that the fear should be, first of all, hide it. You can pretend you're not feeling it, or you can just try to push it away. Yeah, your perspective of becoming its friend and Mm -hmm. learning from it is really a wonderful perspective. 
Yes. And that really allows us when we are able to look at these experiences from a place of love, it allows us to really align with our authentic selves because we're embracing all of the components that make us who we are. Yes. And I believe so strongly that if we don't live fully, it's almost like abandoning ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're not facing the full expression of who we are. And so there's a part of us that is in fear, like you said before. Right. And I think really deep down inside, what we're most afraid of, if we really peel away all the layers of our fear, really deep, deep down inside, we're afraid of being rejected or worse yet, our loved ones leaving us. And so when we're able to really face that fear head on and stare it down and make friends with it, we can really see ways to get around it or work with it instead of against it. Yes. I think the, the close companion to fear is also judgment. The big judgment is also part of, which is also fear, right? It's fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. So they go hand in hand. You know, what is the, what is the feedback when I become my fullest expression? Is that going to be accepted? Is it going to be welcomed? Are my loved ones going to be able to take it? Because sometimes my fullest expression is not what they expect me to be, right? Exactly. Like coming out of that mold and that limitation that perhaps we've been living in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What social conditioning or old patterns do we need to dismantle in order to move forward, you think? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really big one, the social conditioning, you know, thinking of it as like, as women, we oftentimes are taught that we have to be gentle and kind and meek almost like, like we're not supposed to have our own thoughts and we're not supposed to like live big and we're not supposed to be bold, you know, and, and men are often taught that, you know, they're supposed to be resilient and, and distant to their own feelings. So I think social conditioning is something that we really need to examine within ourselves and see what conditioning we have been taught. And it usually happens at such a very early young age and then really begin to challenge it. Um, And I, I think that the biggest thing in dismantling old patterns is really becoming aware of them, listening to that inner dialogue that plays in the background and it goes unnoticed and it goes unchallenged our whole lives until one day we say, wait a minute, I hear you. And that might feel true to you. But if we look at ways that we can repetitively reprogram those unfavorable or those negative thoughts that we have towards ourselves, that's really the key to beginning to live your authentic self is reprogramming, challenging those ideas that we aren't good enough or that we don't have a voice. And it comes through being repetitive with it, learning to rephrase it in our own mind and, and when we're speaking to other people as well. Right. So it's really facing it and re- almost reprogramming it. Yes. I have a worksheet that I'm really excited about sharing in an upcoming uh, workshop that I'm doing. And it's really listening to those voices and then rephrasing. So writing them down and giving them that space, but re- rewriting them in a phrase that uplifts you instead of tying you down. 
Oh, that's beautiful. So since you dived into that, tell us a little bit more about that, about your program. I love it. So I'm super excited about this topic because I'll be leading a workshop the 9th of June and as well as the 13th of June. And it is called Five Steps to Becoming Unapologetically Authentic. And the reason this title really spoke to me is because so many times we try to reach our authentic selves and then we feel this immediate need to kind of apologize for being who we truly are. And I think especially, you know, as women, we're taught you know, that we need to apologize for things. We need to apologize when we stumble or when we you know, misspeak or all of these things, even human bodily conditions we apologize over. And I see in that it is, again, socially conditioned to be polite, to apologize for these things. But when we really look at what we're apologizing for, asking, I ask myself, like, have I done something wrong, intentionally wrong? And if I haven't, then it doesn't elicit the need for an apology. If you're going around apologizing for things that you haven't done wrong, you're not living up to your authentic self. And I, and I realize, like, again, we're socially conditioned to apologize out of the sake of being polite But I'd like for us to challenge that thought as well. So say you have a friend that that calls you and says she's ill. And I think most of us, the first thing we would say is, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that you're ill. And we're doing it from a place of just, you know, being compassionate. But since you haven't done anything wrong, challenging yourself to come at it from a different place, challenging yourself to come at it from oh my gosh, that must really be difficult for you right now. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you compassion. Using a different language. Exactly. Using a different language, I think, will really help in deepening connections with people. I love that. I also think that sometimes we apologize, not even for for the things that we did that we think is possibly negative and that needs an apology, but even for just being bold and being <laughs> all that we are. Well, if I, if I speak a certain way or act a certain way, will it be okay? Will I be more energetic than the other people in the room? You know, will my light be so bright? That <laughs> will, it, will it diminish someone else's light? And it's not yes. true. It's not true at all. A light can only bring more light into a space, can only welcome more light, gives others permissions to really, you know, shine brighter. But I know as women in general, Mm -hmm. you you can't be so bossy, but the men can be bossy, but you can't be so bossy. You can't be, (laughs) you can't come coming up strong as women can be a negative. Yeah, there's words for those strong women. (laughs) We're known as bitches, to be honest. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm sorry if I am, I'm saying something that's important to me, but I'm starting the conversation in the sentence saying, I'm sorry if this upsets you, but no, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm saying how I'm feeling about it. And this is my thoughts about it. And it's okay to disagree without the apology. 
Exactly. Oh my gosh, so much so. I'm, and, and just even hearing you say that, my brain now is automatically in tune with rephrasing things. So you say, I'm sorry, but you know, I, I need to talk to you about this, or I'm sorry. And I'm just like, this may or may not be welcomed, but I need to use my voice. Absolutely. And unlayering all of those things that hold us back from being our authentic self. And I think this need to apologize is one of those things, definitely. Well, that's great. So listeners, marketing your calendars, June 9th and 13th, five steps to becoming unapologetically authentic. Um, The next question I have for you, how have you been able to shift and change? Because you weren't always in this wonderful, authentic place. What helped you find yourself again? Yeah, I definitely was not in this authentic space. Even two or three years ago, I was in a very difficult place in life. I was so guarded and I was so resistant to allowing myself to feel all of my emotions. I was, I was happy as a clam to feel all the good ones, but I totally resisted any feeling that wasn't energetic or positive or all of those things. I really, my own personal change was allowing myself to feel anything that came up and everything that came up and trying not to resist it. But like I said before about fear, making friends with it because our feelings really are our authentic self. Our emotions are who we truly are. And we don't have to apologize for feeling a certain way or having a certain emotion because that's, that's denying ourselves as we are. And so I began to really become curious about myself. Every time I felt an emotion, even joy or happiness, really being curious about that and especially fear and, you know, concerns about being rejected, becoming curious about that. And it was through some journaling that I was doing around that, that some words came up for me. And I was so excited by them that I'm creating my own quote. It's like, be the subject that fascinates you the most. Ooh, that's beautiful. And I think if we can all do that, if we can all come from this place of curiosity, then and, and study ourselves, it allows us to do that through the lens of the neutral observer which is incredibly important in not beating yourself up for having those emotions that you don't like as much as the positive ones. And and just that place of curiosity really helps you to allow all the emotions, every single one of them. And it's that path of self-discovery that you can do when you are fascinated with your own life, when you're fascinated with your own behaviors, what brings you joy, what feels like hurt. So not looking at it through the lens of trying to change it, but just being curious about it. And it's interesting because the fact that you're looking at it from a different lens helps you navigate the negative and painful emotions. So it's not resisting them, like you said before. It's really Mm -hmm. looking at them without judgments and without pushing them away. Just like, let's, let's welcome you and see how this is going to help me move forward. Mm -hmm. What more can I understand about myself through this process of of being curious? 
Exactly, exactly. And I know that so many of us want that goal of, oh, this will help me move forward. This will help me get out of it. But again, that's resisting it. So allowing it to come up without wanting a specific outcome, outcome independent. Now, there's a big difference between allowing them to come up and processing them and just stewing in it. Like you don't want to be ruminating. And I think that's where being the neutral observer is incredibly helpful. That's a hard part for a lot of listeners and a lot of even my friends when I discuss and I in some of my coaching is what is the difference between living in it? So, okay, Evelyn, you're telling me to accept it and let it come forth and sit with it. Does that mm-hmm. mean that now I am you know, repeating it in my mind and it's becoming now a pattern because it's going over and over and over. And that's the, it's a huge distinction and not an easy one, right? Exactly, exactly. So for myself, what I believe is like ruminating is just repeating over and over those painful thoughts that we tell ourselves. Oh, this is a horrible experience. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I want out of this. It's just sitting in it. But if you can say, oh, this is curious. I'm feeling sorrow right now. I'm feeling grief right now. What is this related to? Is it this experience I'm having right now? Or is this also related to a past experience that I'm still processing? Is this a past trauma? And then finding ways to comfort yourself through that. So it's not just repeating those same things. It's that reprogramming that we talked about a few minutes ago. It's rephrasing those things instead of saying, this is so hard, I don't want to go through this, saying, well, this is interesting. How can I learn from this? And also seeing those moments in our life where we are unhappy, those are the breadcrumbs that lead us to the happiness. Yes. If we allow them to. Yes. I know you and I have talked in the past about manifesting and those difficult times are really what teaches us what we do want because it is showing us so blatantly what we don't want. That might be the first step for someone who says, I don't know what I want. Okay, Mm -hmm. so make a list of the things that you know you don't. Exactly. Exactly. And then re, again, reprogramming it, rephrasing it into I, what I do want and what I don't want. I had a really great example. I, again, I'm working on another worksheet. I love worksheets because they really help us process. So for instance, like if we have negative talk to ourselves thinking, oh, that was dumb of me. Why did I say that? And rephrasing it into I'm learning and growing every day. And really feeling the energy in your body mm-hmm. as you say that first phrase, and then feeling the energy in your body as you rephrase it into something more loving. Yes, that internal dialogue is such a huge thing when we want to manifest. Tell me a little bit about your manifesting or meditative uh, routine. Yes. Oh, it's such a powerful tool. And I'm, I'm just so excited to share. I have created like a five-step process for myself for manifesting. And because it's, it's something that I love so much. So number one is getting really super clear on what you do want and why. 
So again, learning what you don't want is a great tool to learning what you do want. And then really deciding, why is it that I want this thing in my life? What feeling will it provide for me? We'll get into that in just in a minute. But number two for me would be listening and releasing those old beliefs, that old programming, everything that holds us back. So for instance, like if you're really wanting um, a new car, say, oh, but I'll have to save up for that. So listening to the resistance that you're feeling around it. And that brings me to step number three, asking for you what you want without any resistance. So many times we get in our head and we try to figure out, okay, I know what I want. I'm going to ask for it. But we think that we need to figure out how it's going to happen. That's actually not the point of manifesting. Point of manifesting is really asking with an open heart without that resistance and then seeing ways that it's coming true for you. Yes, you can move in the direction of it, but you can't force it to happen or you can't take that control back. So instead, number four is actually visualizing and embodying the emotions as if that thing already exists in your life. Yes. It's already a part of your reality. And so I visualize these things in several different ways. I've actually created what I call life by design videos for myself and several other people that give like a vision to what you're requesting from the universe. And those are super powerful, but you could even, you know, cut out pictures from a magazine and paste it on a piece of paper and create your own vision board. But anything you can do to really embody that emotion. So I have a, a really interesting example um, a little while ago, I was going through a divorce and I was really stuck. Like the divorce, it wasn't moving forward. I was getting really frustrated. It had gone on a very long time and I was coming from a place of frustration. And then I began to realize and really embody and envision what it would mean to me and what it would feel like if the divorce were final, when the divorce was final. And I actually began like laughing and crying and having this sense of freedom that was incredibly overwhelming. And just embodying that experience brought me so much joy. And the most interesting thing is the very next day, the divorce started moving again. I heard from the mediator and things began to align. And it was when I, when I aligned myself with those feelings of joy, what I wanted began to align as well. Wow. That's really powerful. So powerful. And, you know, as you're talking to me, I think uh, about the logical, science-based, fact-based listeners. I mean, I live mm-hmm. with one. My husband is very, you know, science-based. And, and I think a lot of men are. Right? Yes. Give me the facts. Give me the, give me the goods. And I mm-hmm. suggest to those listeners that are thinking, yeah, this is a little bit too much spiritual and not so much factual. Right. Suggest this. Take a couple of days mm-hmm. and observe your day mm-hmm. and just watch the events that are happening in your life. And when something isn't happening to your liking, what thoughts 
are living in your mind. Um, if you were, if you were thinking about, since you mentioned getting a car, Lisa, so you yeah. know you have the thought of going into the car. You go into the car dealership, but before you go there, you're thinking about how expensive it'll be, and how <sighs> difficult it'll be for you to get it, and how your credit perhaps is not fantastic, and how much is going to put you back on your finances, and you have all these thoughts coming before you even set foot into the car dealership. By the time you're there. Your energy is just different. What mm-hmm. you're coming across, the person that you might attract to help you, it is so amazing. So the only advice I have for the for the listeners that perhaps are saying, I just cannot believe this is how it goes and manifesting is not what it's about. It totally is because the thoughts create a reality. Mm-hmm. So just pay attention. You don't have to do anything different in your life. Go about your day the way you normally do. And if something doesn't happen the way you would like it to. How is it that your thoughts are feeding that event? I leave you with that. <laughs> Excellent. Do you want to add something to that? Yeah, I really do. And, and then I and then I have the fifth step to manifesting. But it's interesting. Actually, I'll go ahead and, and uh, tell you the fifth step. And then I'll, I'll tell you my story. Um, the fifth step is becoming aware of the signs of the universe is working on your behalf. So it's really easy to just see, oh, this isn't working or, oh, I'm not seeing any results. But if you really step back and you look at the little signs along the way that you're on the right path, it is amazing the synchronicities that you can witness. It is truly amazing. I've, in developing my new program, I've had some trepidation because there's, it's a little edgy and it's a little sassy and it's living life fullest in in my opinion for myself and so when I see those fears pop up it's really interesting how very shortly after that I'll see a sign that I'm on the right path and it's just so beautiful so looking for those signs and becoming aware of them my story revolves around a car that I had and uh, my boyfriend and I live in an apartment complex and I was having to park my car along the street and every time we would pass my car, when because we drove his car most of the time, I would say to myself, oh, I hope nobody has hit my car. I hope nothing bad has happened to my car. And I was worried. I like spent all this, this energy in worrying about the well-being of my car. One day, we're driving out of the driveway, and we look over, and sure enough, my car had been hit. Somebody had, in the middle of the night, decided it was a great idea to steal a a cab at gunpoint and drive it about 10 miles before he went around a sharp corner and hit three parked cars at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, goodness. And my car just happened to be one of those cars. And I was devastated. And then I realized I created that reality. By constantly having this fear around my car. And then I realized, okay, if my mind is that powerful, how can I get it to work in the opposite direction? Exactly. Because you have the power on both sides. Both sides. Exactly. Long story. I'm going to shorten it a little bit. There was an issue with the car insurance and I wasn't sure that the car was going to be covered and it was totaled. And so I went from a place of contacting the insurance company and I was fearful that it wasn't going to be covered to then 
shifting my own energy into it will be covered. I will work with people. I will help them understand my situation. And little by little, I kept, I had to like talk to at least five different people and it took me three hours, but little by little, each person was more and more eager to help me. Each person understood my dilemma even more than the last person. And in the end, I ended up getting it completely covered and I felt so blessed and I saw the power of manifesting in the opposite direction at that point. And then to take it one step further, when I went to replace the car, I made a list of all the things I really would enjoy having in a car, like heated seats and a moonroof, all those things. And then all the things that would be really nice to have in a car, but is not essential. And the first car we saw, we loved it. I took out my list. I looked at it on my phone. Every single box was checked. Every single thing that I desired was in that car. And it really took that manifesting to the next level, to a very tangible level. And it was a beautiful experience. That's fantastic. That is such a beautiful story about you attracting, even with the car insurance people, attracting a solution to something that some people would have said, you know, I, it's what it is. I just have to pay for it or you know, deal with the loss or whatever. So because it, it is powerful in both ways, it, it absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to bring it to reality here. Lisa, yes. how do you deal with stress? So mm. You're having a bad day. Yeah. Let's assume, you know, this is tough day and you're in this place of stress. Yes. That is a really great question. All of us have stress in our life and just like fear, I really try to welcome it and see what is this feeling related to. Most times you'll realize that even stress, its root cause is fear. Fear that I'm not going to get something done. Fear that I'm not going to please somebody. You know, whatever the fear might be related to. And then again, just making friends with it and and asking what lessons can I learn from this? And then it it seems almost automatic to me now because I've worked this process so much. But the next thing that comes to me is what thinking of what things do bring me joy and having that help me raise my vibration. But I can't get to that point until I've really processed what it is I'm feeling. Just a week ago, just exactly a week ago today, at this time, I was doing another podcast and for some reason I was super nervous about it and I knew that it wasn't logical. I knew it was just a conversation. It was somebody I really admired, but I was so in my head about it. And so what did I do? I tried to listen to some music that I knew would pick me up. I tried to like have this logic about me that would just lift this fear and this nervousness immediately. Nothing worked. My boyfriend sat down with me and he asked, you know, what are you most afraid of? And he just really made me examine it and sit in the face of it. And then it cleared. Yes. But it wasn't until I gave it space. Yes. Because again, if you hide from it or try to push it away, you're not allowing it to be. No. 
right? And sometimes, you know, you will have bad days. I don't want anyone listening to this saying, you know, oh, please, like you're not going to have a bad day because you're manifesting in a, in a good place all the time. No, allow yourself to be in stress. It's, it's okay to go through it. We all go through it. It's not that you're going to have a perfect life because you're manifesting and living from a, a higher awareness. It's the awareness. Be aware of it. And that will help you go through it and go past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that when we really begin to allow ourselves to feel every single emotion and process it, it's really interesting what happens is that we're not as resistant to it anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, I felt that before and I worked through it. Let me see how I need to fine tune that process. Let me see how getting through it last time might help me this time. And it's just like peeling back layers of that onion. It's like sometimes we have a core wound that is so big, we have to process it multiple times before we really clear it. And I think, you know, another part of it is really being careful not to beat ourselves up. It's like when we feel fear, we feel stress. I don't want anybody to ever say to themselves, oh, I felt that before and I thought I worked through this. I thought I was past this. You are a human being and things are going to come up time and time and time again. And that's okay. Yes, absolutely. It's okay to deal with the hard things. We can deal with the difficult situations. We can handle challenges accepting of it. I can do it. Not that I'll never have the challenge, but that I know I can go past it. I can learn from it and get whatever I'm supposed to get from it. And it'll pass. If you do, then you're that much more blessed and in gratitude for those beautiful moments. Exactly. And you said something that made me think of, instead of resisting those hardships, reprogram your mind to see them as opportunities like this is an amazing opportunity for me to grow from this this is an awesome opportunity for me to learn about myself to continue to be fascinated by my own life and how I react and how I behave this you know struggles are just opportunities they're they're amazing wonderful gifts they don't always feel great don't get me wrong, but the growth that comes after that challenge, that is absolutely priceless. Absolutely. I totally agree. I always like ending the chat with these rapid questions. Yes. Ready for these? I am. Let's go. Okay. The world needs love. When I think of it, like all good things come from love, you know, compassion and empathy and even authenticity. They all come from a place of love. And so I I think that's what the world needs more of. To me, happiness is. Happiness is when I find the ability to turn inward and I recognize my own value, that I get everything I sought for externally in the past when I'm able to tune inward and find my self-love and my self-compassion, my self-care. That's what real happiness is to me, true happiness. Number three, I want to be remembered for. 
What would you like to be remembered for, Lisa? Hmm. And this one gets me a little choked up, honestly. Um, I want to be remembered for inspiring other people, inspiring them to dig deep, inspiring them to discover their true selves, their authentic selves, and then taking it a step further and inspiring them to live that life that they only thought was a dream, that they didn't think was possible, daring them to live big. That's what I want to be remembered for. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing this conversation with us. You're Please, so welcome. Oh my God. Tell us how we can follow you and connect with you and all that good stuff. Yes. So you can message me at, uh, if you want to email me, Lisa, L-E-S-A at happiesthealthy.com. You can also follow my new Facebook group, which I'm super excited about. It is called blacksheepempowermentsociety.com. And just that, I really want to reach people who feel like they've been an outcast or a misfit or that they don't belong. And this is going to be a, a community, an environment for them to explore their own lives, to explore vulnerability in a safe container. And I'm so excited about it. Also, find me on Facebook at Lisa Weisogel, L-E-S-A-W-E-I-S-L-O-G-E-L. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lisa. Sounds great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Sending you so much love. Hi, friends. I have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed any of my episodes, please rate and leave a comment. It shows you support my message. And also, share on your social with your friends. What if any of these messages help someone you know? Doesn't take more than a couple of minutes and yet can make such a difference in someone's life. That's why I do this show, hoping to uplift and possibly make a difference, even if it's light. Spreading support doesn't take much. Thank you. I appreciate your precious time. Bye now. Mm -hmm.